the alternative stories and fake realities podcast. Audio drama, poetry, fiction. You're listening to the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities Podcast. In this short edition, we'll bring you an interview with actress Amy Forrest about her role in the National Theatre's production of Andrea Levy's Small Island. Regular listeners to Alternative Stories and Fake Realities will recognise Amy from a number of our recent podcasts. Most recently, she played Freya in the audio drama The Seeing Trees by Caitlin Felix. Small Island is this week's National Theatre at Home production. It will be available on YouTube to watch between Thursday the 18th and Thursday the 25th of June. Small Island is a story that has huge relevance at this time, with Black Lives Matter protests taking place around the world and the Windrush scandal still fresh in the memory of many people in Britain. We began by asking Amy to tell us a little bit about the story behind the play. So Small Island is originally a book that was written by Andrea Levy and it was adapted into a stage play by Helen Edmondson and directed by Rufus Norris. And the story follows four very strong characters during the Second World War in 1948. So you've got Gilbert and Hortense Joseph and Queenie and Bernard Bly. And they're all searching for a new life, essentially. Their stories very much intertwine with Gilbert and Hortense travelling over to England on the Windrush, only to find that England wasn't very welcoming of that time. I don't want to give too much away. (laughs) And something happens where all the stories become connected. So that's essentially the nutshell of Small Island. The actual stage production has, you meet lots of different characters along the way. And what's really nice about Small Island is the audience will feel very much involved with the thoughts and feelings of the characters as they use a lot of direct address in this production. I met the National Theatre a year prior to the auditions for Small Island because I'm actually part of Profile Performers, which was set up by Charlotte Bevan, who's Head of Creative Diversity. And Profile Performers is for deaf and disabled actors. It's a database. And I went in, I did a tape, a monologue by Jan McFerry. A year later, I got an audition for Small Island. So I got the audition for Mrs. Ryder. So what I did was I hired a studio for two days. I was actually in a operetta at the time uh, in JB Shorts called Corruption. And I was playing one of the fates. And I asked the assistant director to help me, Johnny Cordingly, uh, with the script, you know, just to get somebody else to watch it and work on it and things because it was such a big audition and I wanted to get it absolutely right. And I also hired a vocal coach and I went through because I had to learn four different accents. Uh, Mrs. Ryder's American. so. So I went and I auditioned. The funny thing was... It wasn't funny because it was horrible at the time, but I was on my way to the theatre 
to the audition on the train from Manchester where I was living and there was a massive storm. This has never happened before when I've been on a train, but we had to got a thing on the tannoy basically saying that this train for health and safety reasons will only be going 50 miles an hour from crew. So I was running late for my audition, which was awful because I'm always that person who turns up like four hours before (laughs) and I was running late and it was very awful I was in the quiet coach I was freaking out and someone asked me if I'm okay (laughs) anyway I basically ran from the tube to the theatre and the auditions had finished it was all nightmare I was really like flapping but I got called into the audition they saw me and I felt no nerves because I was just so happy and felt so lucky that I was even being seen because I honestly thought I wouldn't be seen because it was such a horrible journey to get there. Anyway, so I found out my agent phoned me and a couple of weeks later and I found out I got the job and I was in my flat and it was before Christmas and literally I was... I just cried. It's very difficult being an actor. It's hard, hard work. And I'm a working class actor. Um, I couldn't afford, you know, to go to a London drama school and stuff. So I've just really not had easy. So I've just had to learn, learn and train myself and work hard. Anyway, I got there and I cried and I got it. And I was so happy. It was like the best Christmas present ever. I couldn't believe I was going to be on the Olivier stage. (laughs) Well, as an actor, getting to perform on the Olivier is like, it's like winning the lottery in the theatre world. It's just incredible. And something you don't notice, like when you watch something in the Olivier, it feels vast. It feels really big. But when you're on the stage, it feels really intimate. Every single production we did of Small Island, we got a stand innovation, which was just amazing. And I remember on the first ever show, my heart was pounding because I'm the first person who essentially speaks on the stage. And it was just pounding and incredible. And I was just like, wow. When we finished the show and um, when I got off stage, I just cried. I just cried and cried because you forget how difficult it is in this industry. And when you get that feeling of like, wow, you're on the Olivier, people love the play. It did incredibly well. And it's such an important message, this play. I just, everybody should see it, everyone. A lot of the cast members actually had relatives who were from Jamaica and we had a lot of pictures of family members on a big board. So we had pictures of Jamaica, we had people, we had the Windrush, just historical facts about the time of Jamaica and London on on like a big board that you could refer to during rehearsals. We also went to visit the Black History Museum. Somebody came and spoke to us about black history. We got to have a look at some artefacts, which was such a privilege. I learned an awful lot. I recommend everybody 
should go to the Black History Museum if you've not been. We also had a chat with a gentleman that was actually on the Windrush and he's lovely and it it was great because we got to ask him lots of questions about the time and about his feelings about coming to England and what people thought in Jamaica about England and what it was really like and he told lots of fun stories which you can actually see on the if you go on the National Theatre website you can have a look on there uh, there's actually YouTube footage of him speaking to us recording a small island we'll be able to see on youtube went out absolutely live when it was originally broadcast did that feel more nerve-wracking than a standard performance of the play the answer is yes it was a lot more nerve-wracking because you knew that this was going to be broadcast all over the world so what you do in that moment is going to be filmed and broadcast all over the world (laughs) We had a rehearsal a couple of days before we filmed it. Um, It was all hands on deck, making sure everything was absolutely perfect and everybody was in the right place and the camera crew knew exactly where we were stood, blocking and things like that. And also with regards to the acting, uh, it was kind of like a fine balance between stage and screen acting. I feel like this story needed to be told and incredibly privileged to be a part of it. This is so many people's stories and Andrea Levy would have been incredibly proud to see that on the National Theatre stage. You've become involved in audio drama during lockdown and very kindly appeared in a few editions of Alternative Stories. What roles do you think podcasts like ours have to play in keeping a focus on the arts during the coronavirus crisis? The arts just can't be forgotten, and I feel like this podcast has really helped to keep the arts going, and also given jobs to actors like myself who are out of work right now uh, because the theatres have closed and it's so uncertain... What do you think of the prospects for theatre as an industry emerging from the Covid crisis? How's it going to look going forward? I really can't call that. I honestly don't know what is going to happen. I know they're saying about social distancing in theatres, but I, I just don't think they'll be able to survive in that way. We might have to start changing how we do things. I know there's been some performances of people doing some social distance performances. I think we're actually going to have to wait until the pandemic is over to bring theatres back properly. It's just really uncertain at the moment. But I'm staying positive and optimistic and uh, hopefully we'll be back soon. But I do think it will take help from the government to keep our theatres going. The West End and all these little regional theatres are just disappearing and we really need the support to keep it going. If you do tune in to watch any of the NT live at home performances, there is an opportunity to actually donate. So please, please donate and Also, I work for Equity and uh, we do have an Equity Actors Benevolent Fund, which you may have seen Julie Walters speaking on and looking for donations for actors. So anything you can do would be amazing. We do need the support right now to keep our creative industries alive. Thank you.
Thank you to Amy Forrest for taking part in this interview and for being involved with alternative stories during the pandemic. We'll provide links to Small Island in our show notes. This short edition has been presented by me, Chris Gregory, and featured actress Amy Forrest. The Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. Audio drama, poetry, fiction.